You are listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Are you ready, Angie? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just waiting. Yes, sorry. See, she's getting her quiet place. Okay. All right. All right. Well, here we go. And welcome to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC, season two, episode eight. We've tentatively uh, subtitled this title uh, because we've conclude, we're concluding our misquoted series that we've been running through uh, as Pastor Chris gave his uh, final message in this series. Uh, but I'm, uh, I'm tentatively calling it How Not to Raise a Proverbs 22-6 Kids. So you're going to find out what that means in just a second. But before we do that, I want to introduce and welcome some some usual usual guests or usual co-hosts. So, Angie, hi, hello. Hi, Joel. How you doing today? Well, I'm doing peachy. Thanks for asking. Yes. Uh, and then to my right, we have uh, Shauna Knight, who's the director of our elementary uh, ministry here at Waukee MC. Hi, Shauna. Hello, Joel. Shauna is uh, for those of you that are from our church here, you'll know that Shauna is Chris's uh, wife. So that's why Shauna is sitting in Chris's seat today. We just said it seemed like a natural fit. Uh, I had to adjust some of the, uh, some of the voice settings, but apart from that, it's the same, same, I'm getting a strong night vibe. Uh, <laughs> that's from, right. From there. Yes. And then across the table for me, uh, our high school pastor, Dustin Evie. Hi, Dustin. How's it going, Joel? Hey, it's splendid. So yeah. Splendid. Dustin's like the newest one here in the building. He is. He is. And so here's the, here's the real, uh, the real magic uh, with uh, today's lineup, and that is all of us have children, but all of our children are ranging in ages from 21 to 1. So Dustin has the youngest. Shauna has the eldest. Angie is as a close is a close behind, and I'm like somewhere there in the middle. I've got 12 to 5-year-olds or whatever. So we just got a whole, a whole range. So we're going to be talking about about parenting, but specifically in light of this uh, misquoted series. So I, I'm just going to, Angie, I think I'm just going to tee up. I'm yeah. going to try to summarize what Chris what Chris said on Sunday. And if I'm wrong, well. <clears throat> I took some notes. He's not here. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not, not here. here. What is he, <laughs> he going to do, right? <laughs> what is he going to do? Okay, so uh, Proverbs 22.6. This is the, uh, you know, we've been joking around the whole time of there are these, there are these uh, kind of quintessential Bible verses that we have posted up in our homes that we have on the walls. This is definitely one of them. I know um, in in my in my home as a youngster, uh, my mom had this verse uh, framed up on our in our our bedroom wall. Me and my younger brother in our bedroom wall, and it was an actual train. It was a train with train cars behind it, and then it read, as it does, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it." Okay, so. That seems pretty straightforward. So this is another of your um, issues with taking down signs in exactly. your house. Yeah, my poor mother, you know, now I, if she hears this, she's just going to be re- like, she's like, I love that picture. And it meant so much. And it's like, yep, here we are, just just completely messing with things again. Um, so here's the discussion. And, and this is the part that I wanted to be really, really clear on, because I know for those of us kind of in our in our tradition, our church traditions, Whenever someone says, hey, I know these are the words on the page in the Bible. However, maybe there is a a slight translation issue here that we want to address. 
we can kind of hit the brakes real, real quick because we, we get concerned. And I think rightfully so. We have a rightful concern of saying, listen, we, we don't get to pick and choose and, and mess with meanings and interpretations and things like that. Like the words are on the page. God has given us this word. And, and I would, I would say in so many cases, in so many Bible translations, we are dealing with tens, if not hundreds of scholars that have come together to do this translation work. Uh, that are trustworthy, that have that have done the good hard work to do this, and that again we can say the translation is solid. It is it is faithful to the text. This one particular verse in Proverbs has some wiggle room for us to say there's probably a better reading to it. And so here's what I want to here's what we what Chris put forward and what I just kind of want to reiterate. We read, train up a child in the way he should go, and we get the sense of like, okay, here's what this verse means. It's train a kid, teach them the right way. Teach them the way that he should go in the correct way, the way of the way of God, the way of faithfulness, all of that. And when that child, he or she, gets older, they're going to still hold on to that truth. They're going to they're walk faithfully with the Lord moving forward. And... The issue is, is that if we go to the ancient Hebrew here, and this is, uh, so for those of you that are like, oh, he's using, he's using ancient language. Here's the deal. Don't, don't let, just give me 30 seconds. Just give me 30 seconds. Don't tune out just yet. Um, the real, the real word over here is, uh, he should, like he should go. So in the, in the way he should go, there's basically, they take one Hebrew word, English translators, and that word, the root word is uh, derech, which literally means way or road or path. And so they take that to mean like it's, a, like it's a, an indicative, like this is the way he should go. The more accurate reading would be, and I think it's fair to say, train up a child in the way he goes. So, and then when, and then when he gets old, he will not depart from it. It's more of a, a warning than anything. It's a wisdom warning to say, Listen, raise up a kid in the way he naturally goes. As, as, a, as a sinful, broken human being, if you as a parent train them that, that that route, that way, that natural way in their sinfulness is the way they should live life, that when, even when they get older and gain in some maturity and life experience, that immature spiritual place that they have been reinforced in at a younger age will continue to be the predominant direction of their life. That will be continued to be the way they go as they get older. So it's a, it's again, it's a, it's a wise saying. It offers us real wisdom, but the real concern here is not, not, Hey, do all the right things when they're young. And then your kids will do all the right things when they get older, because here's the deal. This is the number two part of it. We know that ain't true. Because all of us around this table could go, we know stories, this is in our own families and other places where, hey, we raised them, we told them the right things, but when they got out of the house, when they got older, they made choices that were not in line with with God's truth. So there's a translation issue and then just a practical, like, well, this is a proverb, not a promise, right? Right, because we have to remember in Scripture, to go alongside with what you're saying about the um, way it was written in Hebrew, is that there's different types of literature throughout Scripture. And we often read the parables as Jesus is giving a story to tell an overall point. And so Proverbs has a lot of wisdom literature, but that doesn't mean that that's absolute truth, that it's a promise that your kids are going to grow up and be these, you know, uh, stately citizens just because you raise them a certain way. Right, exactly. 
And and so part of our conversation or part of the message this past Sunday was parents, don't don't beat yourself up. Right. <laughs> Thinking don't feel like, guilty. Like, the guilt yeah, can have this guilt come over you. Um and so so I, I would just say those, that's kind of what we're setting the table with here with our conversation is, is number one, um, we, think, we think there's good reason and good biblical and good scholarly reason at, at, the, at the level of, la- of the biblical language itself to say there's probably a better reading here in this particular verse. And then number two, uh, even apart from that reading, there's also a genre consideration that this is this is wisdom literature. This is not um, this is not a proclamation like like a truth like for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish and have everlasting but have everlasting life. Like that is a biblical truth that we're hanging our hat on uh, versus uh, how what wisdom literature is intended to indicate. So we've laid the table there. We set the table there. Um, so we really want to talk about, and this goes back to a previous conversation that we had with really, okay, for those of us that are trying to raise kids rooted in Jesus, we've really got, if we want to boil it down, we've got kind of like three routes that we can, right. that we can take. The first route is, is that we have parent-centered homes. So Sean, I'm going, to throw this, I'm going to throw this one over to you. All right. Because now, so Shauna has, obviously as a mom of two kids that are, that are uh, on their way to, they're in young adulthood right now, and they're making their way in the world and all the fun and challenging things that come with that. Um, Shauna has also been in the classroom and has, well, let's just be clear. Uh, you've interacted with a lot of parents over your, and still continue to, obviously, in your ministry role. When you hear parent-centered home, so a, a home that is largely functions around the desires and intentions of of a parent, what what concern like what concerns you about that rea- that reality in a home? Well, I think it's um, the selfishness that we are as parents. Uh, so a lot of the discipline then comes out of more reactionary. You yeah. put me, I'm not comfortable. I don't like this. You, I'm, yeah, I yeah. I don't like it. So instead of it being disciplined for the good of the child, it's selfish. It's about what I wanted and. And that's a huge problem because then it's not consistent because it could depend on the day. And that's, I think, so important. Like in a parent-centered home, I, I know for any of us as parents, we some days we're, we're, we're better than others, right? Our, our coping range and our – Dustin, how does it feel when you don't sleep at night? Do you feel that there sometimes is a parent-centered uh, demand, go to sleep, child? Yeah, it's it's tough. That's for sure. That's a, something we're experiencing quite frequently these days. But it's something that I think we're still trying to navigate. And that, I mean, you just said it, Shauna. The consistency is such an important piece, and that's something that we're just having to learn to to be okay, knowing that every day might look a little bit different in parenting. So. Yeah, and I think it's something I had to learn, and I don't think I was always good at it when I look at that because I wanted my kids to be well behaved and to do the right thing in public. So if they didn't, I might quickly respond trying to just curb that so that I didn't look bad as a parent, as opposed to really thinking about what was happening and how can I help the child improve in this area and doing it for their good as opposed to my my good. Yeah, absolutely. And because, again, as we've said in, with this scripture, the concern is 
is that we're not interfering. Like we have a godly call to quote unquote interfere with the natural way that our, our children behave, you know, and that is, it's a self-centered, you know, it's a self-centered behavior and, and all of that. We're not called to replace our selfishness with with theirs in our in our parenting. Which, oh golly, I just need to preach that to myself so many times. I because we all we all have the experience. Like like right now, full disclosure. Okay, we are we are working. Angie overheard my phone conversation about mm-hmm. this the other day. We are working on chore charts right it's now. Social contract. Yes, that that that. Here are the expectations. I'm clearly laying these out to you. I'm, I've exampled these. I've done the, these things alongside of you. Here's what I expect to be done um, by such and such a time. So and you can do such and such so a thing. So you can do such and such a thing. Exactly. There, there are there are privileges and rewards that come from this, right? And we're 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 struggling. We're struggling right now. Um, but I have to remember, and this is my heart. This is my hard thing. I have to remember. I'm because at the base level, it's like when when things are not done that I need to be done, and quite honestly, I am trying to have things in a better spot. Uh, when like when my wife gets home and things like that, like I'm just trying to like, ugh, and they're not the annoyance and the frustration that comes to me, and then then my reaction out of that, it's not a, it's not in a great place, right? Because it's more like you haven't you've put me in a bad spot, kid, and now <laughs> you will feel my wrath, you know. Um, as a, as opposed to saying, uh, getting away from a, a parent centered model, um, to following another way, which we're going to talk about in a second here. Um, I, I, that's just that's the thing, being able to step back from that because it, because I don't, you know, and it's like no one ever told me that when I had kids, like it was gonna, it was going to like reflect my own selfishness back to me. It's a mirror. They're a mirror right? to. Your yeah. soul. Yeah. And they see <laughs> and they see deep inside of your soul. Yeah. And if that soul shows fear, one ounce of fear, you you're 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 done for. Well, and, and they've got you. It it changes after each kid too. That's I mean, that's what we've experienced. It's like I realized, wow, after my wife and I got married, I'm pretty selfish. And then, <laughs> then you have your first kid and you're like, Okay, I'm more selfish. It's just and it, you yeah. realize how much parenting is is life giving and how selfless you you really have to be if you're wanting to do this thing the right way and it's it's very challenging so there's there's the parent-centered homes the 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 it's lord knows we've all said it because i said so but it's it's a it's a household that is guided primarily be by because i said so by rules right and i think this is what i want to define as we get further into this conversation that we can't base there's nothing bad about rules and we want to lay that out on the table. There's nothing wrong with rules. Right. There's nothing wrong with social contract. But the key here, and in a parent-centered home, there's no relationship exactly. with those rules. Oh, and so good. you have to build a relationship with your children to understand that they know they they know you're going to be consistent with the social contract so that when you do come home and those chores aren't done, they do have some type of consequence. But it but your reaction needs to be in love, not in, so well, maybe, you didn't make so it. So maybe when I ripped all the HDMI cables out of the back of all their devices, maybe that was too far. <laughs> or too, was, maybe I should have just slowed down. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. They found, by the way, they found new cords. I don't know. Well, it's, I it, thought I had all But Joel, I'm going to, I'm going to be self to close. Yeah. I'm going to be, have a little bit of honesty here too, is that I give away the chores I don't like. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so one of my things is that, well, then I have to do this, you know, mm-hmm. oh, wait, I have to fold the laundry and put away the laundry. That's my worst chore ever. But I think all of this is that we can't rule like a dictator. And that's kind of what this parent centered home. And I think oftentimes we 
we parent like we were parented sure. and we don't make adjustments because, well, we don't know any better. And this is just bringing to light a kind of a ditch that we often find ourselves in in parenting. So don't feel bad, parents that are listening. If you get into the ditch, I've crashed a few times. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> so Head first. Head first. We've all crashed a few times. But there's a second uh, key here, and I think that Shauna and Dustin, I'm going to throw this to you guys to kind of explain what this child-centered parenting looks like, because I think not only in the younger age, but also in the teenagers, which Dustin, as our youth pastor, you can you can attest to the, that um, we have a lot of... Um, centered around our kids and what they do. So tell us a little bit, Dustin, what a child-centered home kind of uh, represents. Sure. And this can, I mean, this is something that I struggle with too, even with my kids being at the ages they are at, at six, three, and, and one and a half. But you you want to be their friend. You want them to like, you want to be the fun parent. And that's something that my wife and I are, are going through. I'm, I do you get to be the fun parent and she the rules or sometimes do you swip the swap roles and she, you get to be the rule taker well, and she gets to be the fun. I don't like conflict. And so even <laughs> when it is with my kids, it's, it's hard because you don't want to be the one that they look at and they're upset with, or they, they stomp off with. But I, you know, we've, we've learned that balance too, kind of in our relationship. And as I, as I work with, with the kiddos that it's, I mean, like you said, it's about that relationship and that foundation of that at the beginning. And then as that grows and you continue to learn, as a parent and you you observe, I think I've really had to just get better at communicating with my wife and other people of like, okay, what does this, what does this look like for me moving forward? Cause yeah, I mean, it, as far as it relates to like youth ministry, you know, they need, they, they have friends, they need someone to help you know, lead, guide and direct them spiritually. And I, I think as far as like a parent is like, they, they have friends and not that you can't continue to be their friend, but they need they need mom, they need dad to speak, you know, truth into their life and, and to help them in those situations where no one else can step in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even those of you who are parenting those little ones, and Dustin, you know this, that a child comes out demanding to be the center of attention. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And we as parents are given the responsibility to hone that demand and to change it. Would you agree, Shauna? Totally. And that's what I would see, you know, in the school system. So we saw a lot of kids that are child-centered homes. That means when they're at home, they get, they call the shots and are dictating everything from what they're eating to when they eat, when they're going to sleep, what they're going to do. And so then when they go to school, they're not equipped to listen to the teacher or to follow rules and what's necessary because they've always been the one. And it just, it really damages the kids. When they don't have somebody that will hold them accountable and, and help them. And it, it's hard for the leaders that are put into their life. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Well, and then the leaders are a key example. So my mom works in an elementary, in an elementary school and uh, she's there at lunch hour and she sees uh, there's a, a young boy who's, you know, packed, he's packed his own lunch. Right. And as you might imagine, as a young, a young elementary age kid packing their own lunch, that's not a. It's not a balanced meal uh, by any any stretch of the imagination, right? And and so, I the uh, I think what what it all came down to is like my mom was trying to be helpful helpful with this boy without like you know whatever singling him out or making him feel bad or anything or anything like that. Um, but there was this. I I think my mom. So my mom tried to like be helpful in this area. Well, 
the kid goes home and again, surprise, surprise, like misrepresents what my, the conversation my mother had with him about like healthy food or whatever. And, you know, and then the parent calls all irate. Right. And it's like, it's like, well, he won't eat anything else. So we let him pack, you know, we let him pack his own, his own food because that's the only way it, that'll only way it work. Now here's what I, I see. I see it probably an exasperated parent. I see probably a parent that's, that's short on time, short on, mm-hmm. you know, the emotional resources, whatever the case is. But this is a, a practical example that has kind of a larger implication of like metaphorically, if we let our kids pack their own lunch for a long, you know, a long period of time. I mean, that is what we are talking about in Proverbs right. 22. Six. Exactly. I was, I was going to bring that back because we're talking about parent centered and child centered. So what's going to happen is they're going to go their way. They're going to be yep. demanding. They're going to have no respect for authority. They're not going to have responsibility and they're not going to follow through with responsibility. And, and they will be unhealthy. They, yeah. they will not be healthy. But we're not only talking uh, physical health. D- across That's the, the board, yes. Is we're talking spiritual health. Across the board. And so yep. they will not have a concept of the giving, of the care, of the unselfishness, of what love looks like, of what, you know, standing in the gap for somebody else and, and having something bigger than themselves um, around them. And so I say this all, and I think, um, Dustin, I was going to ask you, so we get to this uh, kid who's been allowed to make his own lunch yeah. for 14, 15 years. And you got this 16-year-old come to youth group. <laughs> What's that look like? <laughs> good good luck, high school pastor. <laughs> fix my – now fix my kid. <laughs> First off, I just – I want to know what he has in the lunch because selfishly <laughs> – So it was – I can tell you it was it was two Rice Krispie treats, uh, a fruit roll-up, and uh, and I think a cookie. So yeah. if that Ugh, the fruit roll up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Got, why not? Right. You got some fruit. There's fruit by the foot, there. y'all. Come on now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, it's tough. I mean, really hard. And Angie, as you were as you were just talking a little bit ago, it, it just kind of made me realize that there there is such a balance between the responsibility of a parent when you have a when there's a child centered situation, and then the reality of the situation when you're looking at parents that maybe are both working they're exhausted they're short on time like you said and they're just it's just easier like okay you don't want to go to bed more saying to go to bed then stay up and do what you want to do you don't eat more we're going to make them just eat what you want to eat and that's where it can fall into this thing of we we don't look at, at parenting as a responsibility we just we fall into the trap of this is a, and i i do it a lot i mean we got three kids at three tough ages right now we're just trying to I've say, I say it a lot. I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it. But I don't want to let just trying to make it become a consistent theme because over time, like we've talked about, that'll be that'll be the way that they tend to go. So we have this third option. So we don't really want to have our kids grow up in the child center home. We don't want to have our kids grow up in the parent center home demanding and authoritarian. So what's God calling us to? And I think that's really what this Proverbs 22 points us back to, which is um, back to the Old Testament. And if anybody um, knows, this is one of my favorite verses in the whole wide world, if they know me and um, live with me very long. But you um, can look back and it says that we are to walk with our children when they're and talk with our children, when we're sitting around the dinner table, when we're... Um, going to sleep when we wake up we post it on our doorpost we put it around our homes about not not it's not about ourselves it's actually about who god is and how that relates to our reality yeah and that's a i mean so what angie's mentioning here and i I put it here in the in the show notes because it's like i think we want to raise it's 
Deuteronomy six, six kids. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. we want to we want to raise have families that that the words of our God are on our li- the good news of Christ is on our lips in all things, and we're looking for ways to we're looking well quite honestly we're looking for ways to introduce Jesus to our children at every stage of their life and 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 in every place of our life. Now a lot of that has to do with just our general nature of like, do we as the parents know what God has to say to us? That's, that's number one. So there is a, there's a knowledge base there Two, And and I've been, gosh, I have been, I don't know what if it is, it's uncomfortable, anxious about this. I don't know what it is. The ability to sort of hit the pause button on daily life and go and just ask the question, Hey guys, what, I mean, it's the, what would Jesus do question, but it's like, what, in light of what you know about Christ and his, in, in God's word, in this situation, like what do you, how do you think God would handle this? How do you think Jesus would, would handle this? What would he, what would he say to this? Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's a hard, like we have to have our kind of our, we have to take our nose up from the parenting grindstone a little bit to be able to do that. And I think that's the, that's one of the, that's one of the challenges. But when it's, when it's this whole idea that, our lives are the rhythms of our lives are largely around introducing truth to our children and immersing them in that. Um, you know, it's the old rabbinic tradition, you know, says it's like when it, I think it's the line is from age seven to 12, stuff your child full of Torah, like an ox, you know, like that, that's the whole, that whole, I mean, that's a pretty but fit, not to get language. our listener all worried that they have to know this. It's actually, in everyday circumstances. Would you agree, Shauna? And that's kind of what are some of the things that you've seen in that elementary age that they just gobble up in conversation? Oh, that's a good question. I think, yeah, I was even asking my kids because like, what did I do as a parent? And thankfully they're old enough that I could ask and they could give me answers. That's and, good. <laughs> um, one, both of them, Corbin and Brennan said, uh, memory work like memorizing Bible verses and we did Bible quizzing and it was a very intentional 30 minutes a day that we had to quiz. And I'll be honest, there were days it's very parent led. Like I had to practice with them and I went over it and I would ask the questions and they would answer and we would work. And Brennan remembered she doesn't memorize Corbin memorized quickly. It was harder for her and she needed to do something. So we would go out so she could bounce on the pogo stick while she Mm -hmm. memorized the things. And she really appreciated that I was willing to do something that was for her, Mm -hmm. the way she learned, the way, so it wasn't always easy, but that's something now that they they go back to and say, you really intentionally were putting scripture into our hearts and minds, and that's a key thing. Shauna, that's an early, we, uh, I think in educational theory, it's what, uh, kinesthetic learning. Yeah, that's very true. So, you know, that's way to, way to go. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. You remember more than. Hey, right. Like you're actually producing brain cells. But that, but that, that whole, that's like meet the kid though, where they are though, meet the kid with where they are. And you know, it's like, I just think sometimes we think we have to have like a private Bible study with our kids all the time. Like that's the only, and that's the only way. Hasn't every parent felt so guilty when they don't have devotions and you hear like, oh, you're supposed to have family devotions. Mm -hmm. And you're like, the guilt just, I can't do that. Uh, Family devotions happen in the car drive. Would you agree, Shauna? Yes, I think so. And and questions that come up and, and Corbin said the same. He just, he couldn't remember a specific, but just the times I'd sit at the table with him and we would discuss a verse that he was memorizing or we're on a car ride, and I re- I do remember this. Corbin was little, but we passed a cemetery, and he was asking about it. And I just felt like it was a great time to share about, that's just our bodies. 
or the souls oh, aren't so, there. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, um, and explain to him just you know it's our tent. And I remember we would pass it then, and he would kind of keep saying it like he was rehearsing and learning that part. And, and you know he was really little at the time and trying to understand it. I could tell, but I tried really hard to do those things. And if they, a question came up, I tried to be really cognizant of that to pause and to take the time to answer it. Oh, Dustin, you're in the why stage. Um, you have a couple young ones. Do you like those little why questions? They're fun. <laughs> yeah, on, with everything. Yeah, it's it's tough, but it's it's really good. I mean, we've we've learned so much. And I think just kind of going off of what Shauna just said, it's capitalizing on those opportunities that you have because you never know when they're going to come. And honestly, sometimes you think that – because it, it is overwhelming thinking about just like the family devotional time. Like, how is it? How are you going to approach it? You know, how, what books are you going to use? And it's just it's hard. But sitting down with Nora, our six year old, you know, over the last couple of years, we'd get I'd get so frustrated because we'd sit down at night to go over these stories, and she'd be into it for thirty seconds, and then she'd be asking me if I wanted to know her new stuffed animal's name. Right? And so it's just. I'd get like, and, and we'd laugh and it'd be fun, but I'd, at the same time, we'd be like, this isn't working. I'm not doing a good job. Like this clearly isn't sticking. But then now w- within the last few months, she's asked so many questions and they've, all, they've pointed back to a lot of the books that we've read and the stories that we've mentioned. And it's like, okay, this, this is working. This, like these stories are sticking, whether it it is just at, over time. I mean, it's, it is working, and it's just sometimes that's all it is, just time after time and the consistency there. But that's – and that's that's yeah. the good – like that's good Deuteronomy 6 wisdom though, right? Like walk – so it's an understanding of in all times, in all seasons, up in the morning, walking on your way, laying, laying down at night, you know, repeating, repeating, coming back to the same things again and, and rehearsing over and over again so that over time – an overarching story emerges within our, within our kids' hearts where they begin, they begin to realize, I, I just thought the other day. So, you know, Aaron said to me the other day where, um, so I, you know, as some of you know, we have another podcast that I do. And, and Aaron asked me, he goes, he goes, dad, I noticed something about, about the show, that, the show that you guys do, the dudes and dads podcast. He goes, I, I noticed that you always, how do you say it? He goes, I noticed that you always ask how, how their faith applies to the, to, to the job that they do every day. Like how, how that comes, how that comes into play. Now I'll be honest with you. I had myself not really recognized that that was a normal trend of what I always try to work into the show or, you know, I'm trying to integrate, but here I've got a 12 year old kid. He's listened to it enough mm-hmm. that, that something like it wasn't an overt sort of thing. It was just over time listening that he he understood that was a, that was a value or a theme that emerged. So many things the way we raise our children are kind of they're kind of caught and not taught as much. Oh, amen. Right, and and so much by our behavior and by our oh, forgive me, our our tone and our you yeah, know, and so and many of those things. Yeah, I would say forgive me too because I know that reactions often get a, be a, they're just a. A reality of parenting mm-hmm. reactions yeah. are. I mean, yes. we all can sit around the table and admit our our failings. Mm-hmm. And I was actually thinking through that, and I just want to say this one thing: is oftentimes you will see books written by wonderful parents, and what is the title? 
what I would do over, yeah. what mistake I made, because reality is you learn through your mistakes. Yeah. And guess what? I made a mistake last night or I made a mistake last week. And one of the things I need to remember is that's part of that growth process with your kid. That's the rules and relationships thing is that, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't come at this the right way or I was too dictate, you know, I was a dictator in this and I didn't offer any grace. And in that Brit builds that, that gap and, and closes the gap and builds the relationship. But this is what you, I think Chris pointed out. We're primary influences on our kids, but I want to point this out. And I think this is what all of you listeners agree to is that us four around here wouldn't have jobs if we didn't have the influence on kids in our lives. Yep. And so we as parents, each one of us have our parent our parent role, but we have to allow our kids to be influenced by other people. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes a little of giving of that opportunity for somebody else to speak into somebody's at one of your child's lives. And I know oftentimes um Dustin and Shauna, you guys feel that you have just a few hours in the in the week on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night. But how can a parent come alongside and you be a partner with them? How can we partner in the ministry of raising Deuteronomy 6 kids that we're walking together, we're seeing the same goal? Give me some, maybe some practical tips. Wow, good question. I I think sometimes even knowing what kids are facing and, and even hearing from parents to know you know, this is a struggle that we're having right now. That would enlighten me because when I see kids one one hour a week, um, I don't know what's going on all those other times. And um, honestly, kids are really good at giving Jesus answers on Sunday. And so um, because I've been in the school, there'll be times I try to push back on the kids and say, now, I know that you know we're supposed to get along, but I see how you act at school. You're not getting along. Um, but trying to bring that what's taught on Sunday through the rest of the week. That's so key in trying to figure out that balance of, yeah, I'd love to partner with parents in that way and and be able to work with and mm-hmm. help. But I don't know if I have any great suggestions. Um, yeah, maybe you have something to no, say. No, it gets, I mean, that theme stays pretty consistent as they, gr- as they grow up too. Uh, you know, I'd say as middle school and high school age, the – the challenges are there, but they're, they're different, obviously, in what they're in what they're facing at school or maybe even at home. And I think, as far as just partnering with parents, helping them understand what what our goals are, what we're trying to help accomplish from from our side, you know, with at church and in ministry, and say, hey, these are this is what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to help your kids know who Jesus is, um, grow in that relationship with Him, and then show that love by the way they live their lives and. Not that we're going to have all the answers as to how that's going to look in their lives, but we're going to just do everything we can to point them in that direction. And we'd love to make you guys aware of everything we're doing, give you guys some resources to continue that outside of the church building, but more than anything, empower you as as mom and dad, aunt and uncle, grandma and grandpa to feel equipped in that role. Right. And I think a lot of times we feel like, well, we're giving them you know, to the school. You, you tell them about algebra and biology and we're giving them to the church 
Shauna, you teach about how God's great creation and, and the rules and the understanding of the Ten Commandments. And Dustin, you tell them, you know, all about sex and relationships and oh, no, but I, but yeah, Joel, right. this is a reality. Absolutely. I think that I'm, I'm bringing this up because I think this conversation has to happen to get to the point of what we're talking about in Proverbs 22 that we've, we've often outsourced all our education and all our spiritual development and formation. Yeah. To the yeah. church or to the school. And it's really the parents yes. that's yeah. really needed. They hear from them so much better. I really feel like I should just be a supplement to right. what parents are saying, as opposed to me being the authority, and then parents may be supplementing. It should be switched. Yep. The parents are the authority, speaking what they've learned and from their relationship with Jesus, and I'm the supplement to that and and encouraging them. And that's the hard thing in our culture where we've professionalized everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there, there is, I get it. There is an assumption like, Hey, you're the, I mean, I throw around with friends all the time. This, you know, Hey, you're the professional Christian, right? Teach my, teach teach my kids how to, you know, how to do this, that, or the other. And it's like, we are, for those of us, and I, I'm, I'm speaking for all of us right now, but for those of us that are, are ministry workers within the church, I think I can just consistently say here in this community and in other other ministry professionals that I know, our desire is to be partners and encouragers and equippers mm-hmm. for for the family. The family is the primary disciple making structure uh, that God has given. Like like this is and why he Deut- created it. He did, and this is why Deuteronomy six. Like this is why it's like this is the real deal. Like this is God's desire. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is I I love the vision. Um, can you imagine families that were getting up in the morning and had had Jesus on their lips and are going about their day and have Jesus on their lips with their kids and when they lay down at night have Jesus on their lips with their kids and that was just the rhythm and everybody was doing that on a regular basis this is not rocket science when it comes to this this is just pointing people pointing our kids toward Jesus and we're taking that responsibility and then when they when they come to their faith community they have just a whole other second wave of encouragement additional. and reinforcement and additional. And now we're really building something. Now we're building a generation that is dangerous for the sake of the kingdom. Like mm-hmm. that, that can, that can own things and can, and can go forward and are not just sort of kind of like anemically limping along, uh, just hoping that we get some kind of uh, Jesus dust, you know, sprinkled on our lives and, and hope that some of it catches. And, I would, yeah. Yeah. And I, sorry, I would say one of the reasons, one of the roadblocks to that is, I mean, I know even for me, <laughs> coming out of a great Christian home, I, one of the things I struggled with when I did become a parent was I just felt so unequipped. I just yeah. felt so unqualified to have that role in another human being's life. And I think now one of the most powerful things I'm learning as a parent is to, when you do mess up, because we will, we all, we all will a lot. But when we do mess up, being able to look at our kids and to say, you know what, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And to own situations when we're wrong and to realize that, okay, now it's, how do I grow from that experience? Not just keep saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong, but like, okay, here's a way that I can grow as a parent and hopefully point them to Jesus, Jesus, point them to God's word, you know, and from my mistakes. Well, and I think we'll um, hear this word multiple times in our services, and I know that Chris will say it, relational discipleship. And that is actually the perfect words to describe what parenting is all about. It's building the relationship and going towards that common goal of seeing Jesus come to life in another human being. And 
I, I guess um, Chris pointed out like some practical tips and I kind of wanted to reinforce these because I think parents, well, you're like, well, yeah, I'm the primary discipler. So what do I do? Well, here's what you do. And I think is really key. And we even um, can look at uh, some research done out there that the number one primary thing that has influence over your child and where they will end up in their life is God's word. Amen. It's shocking, yes. right? <laughs> shocking. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, I think sometimes we, we say, well, you know, I don't have time to, uh, you know, uh, read the Bible or memorize scripture. It doesn't have to be fancy. It could be on a note card. It can be written on a mirror. So one of our things is one of the things Grace did when she was young, she would write a scripture on her mirror where she would get, I'd get markers for her that were for the mirror that she could erase. And she would write a quote or a thought process that she was working through on the mirror. Simple things like that. We're not telling you to, you have to memorize the book of Leviticus or anything. But if you do, (laughs) congratulations. Congratulations. Right. But I think like uh, you said that too, Shauna. That repeating it, doing it in different situations, even coming to like a little contest. Would you agree, Shauna? Yeah, definitely. Those things all help. I, you know, Brennan mentioned she listened to just Christian music until sixth grade. She's like, I didn't even know other music existed out yeah. there. And, but Bless your heart. I, <laughs> I didn't think about it. That was something I grew up with and the way I did. But um, I still go back and sing those childhood songs. So I knew the value of good music and good lyrics that maybe weren't specifically like a specific verse, but they're pointing to Christ and pointing to good qualities. And, um, and again, we, we cannot like, there's so many things cognitively that we don't like, we learn as kids that are like, they're operating in the, in the brain mm-hmm. here somewhere in our back. We don't even recognize. I, I did was reminded of this the other day when, uh, I saw this thing on Facebook where they're like, um, Okay, he, th- it was a it was a theme song to a cartoon that's like thirty years old. Okay, so this dates me, but it would have been like uh, it would have been my in my childhood heyday. I have not seen this show for thirty years. I didn't even recognize initially. As soon as the song started the song. playing, I knew, and I was like, I don't know how. I, and it was amazing. I said, I don't know how I know this, but I do. And I and I sort of applied it to I again just the, the truth of God's word. It, we can. We can implant that in our kids the same exact the same exact way. Oh, you amen. Know? Music Definitely. it does great things, great mm-hmm. things. So number two, teach children the Lord's character. I think we can look at this that we can teach ourselves God's character even in these moments that we talk to our kids. If we don't, if we do not understand our Creator, then life naturally becomes confusing. Um, it's critical that we give our children a clear picture of the God we serve, because how many times have we said this, Joel, that a lot of times we have a lot of issues and problems and things that go further into our life because we do not have a correct theology Absolutely. of God and Absolutely. how that comes into our reality yeah. as disciples. What you think about God is the most important the thing, thing about you. Oh, That's, A.W. Tozer. Uh, the Tozer. Like, it, I, I'm sorry, but it is it is phenomenally. And by the way, even if you don't believe in God, uh, that is a belief that you have mm-hmm. about about God that yes. defines you as Still well. Still states that, yes. So number three, keep perspective. Right, Dustin? You're in the middle of this. Keep perspective. It's the long haul, correct? Don't, don't give up, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, wait, to anybody that, that might you, feel the like they're, old. they're struggling, we found our, our child in our neighbor's garage the other day So while I was trying to watch all three at once. So... 
That, and, and we didn't even find him. They actually found him and brought him to our house. Which is so even, be- which even, is even better. better. Uh, yeah. Even no. better. So, yeah, there you go. At least he was in the garage. Our neighbor right. gave um, called Dan and said Cole was walking down County Road 7 at three years old. <laughs> So we're, we good, all we're good parents. We're, I promise. I, mean, I well, promise. I'm we're trying. We're yeah. So Dan, Dan and I have failed many a times. <laughs> we won't tell you all the stories. Oh, um, we're just glad, farm, farm and I'm really, kids. really thankful that we haven't broken any bones or yeah. had issues like that. So parents keep perspective. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. It's the long haul. It's the long view. And I think oftentimes we want this microwave culture to yep. exist in our family, and it isn't. Yeah, we can go warm up our chicken nuggets in two minutes, but guess what? To have a healthy lifestyle, to have a healthy growth in um, relationship with Jesus and with each other, it takes the long haul. And, and one of the t- things I've told many a times is kind of talk with your spouse or if, if you're a single parent, kind of get an idea of what you want your kid to look like at 18. Yeah. And that can be at two years old, right, Dustin? For sure. And even beyond 18, really. Yeah. I mean, parenting can keep, can keep it goes. going. So, it, yeah. I still have a parent, as many of you know. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Can I add something? Yes, please. Um, But I want to also encourage people that when you look for that long haul and you have that great vision, um, when it doesn't look like it's coming true, because I'm a happy ever after type movie girl. I just want everything to come together beautifully. And so I always wanted a happy ever after ending for my kids. And we all do. And there was a point in time that I had to choose to trust God in case the happy ever after ending after ending didn't take place. Amen. And I had to give him my children, Yep. which I mean, I had done, but I had to again, give them back and say, even if it's not a happy ever after ending, God, you are in control and you've promised. And I loved Philippians that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And I would claim that promise and pray over my kids um, during those times that it didn't look so good and it didn't look like it was going to come to be what I what I had envisioned and wanted for my kids, and I have to continue to trust him even in those times. And and you know that's the thing we dedicate our children here. We dedicate our children, and we think we mean it, and then we find out that God is going to continue to ask us every single stinking day mm-hmm. to reded to rededicate them to to say that God they are yours. I have them on loan from you. Um, and so they ultimately belong to you. And 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 sometimes I don't know. Sometimes the, the the discipleship training ground that our kids go through is not the is not the discipleship training ground that we would choose for them, mm-hmm. and uh, God, that that can really uh, that can be that can be a hard one yep. to to release them to that. And so the last one it points right back. Oh, you got one finger pointing at your kid. How many pointing back at you? Yep. Take a look. It talks about practice what we preach, mm-hmm. and um, that's the true work of a parent. Um, I have said it numerous times to the moms group that sanctification happens in parenting and marriage. You learn a lot mm-hmm. about Jesus and your own faults and how you need the grace and the uh, the forgiveness and the love of Jesus to overcome all um, of our weaknesses. But we have to live it out. It's a choice. Faith is an action. And so we can tell our kids all day long, you know, love your friend that doesn't look like you and be kind but then talk at the dinner table about somebody that's driving us crazy at work that sure. we don't care for. Sure. And so we have to live it out. We have to live with the Jesus mentality. And I think that's one of the, if you can say it, that's one of the main uh, 
I guess you could say, discipleship <laughs> principles taking away from um, this talk on Proverbs 22. Amen, amen. Friends, you've you've just listened to, uh, I think, uh, quite honestly, three of, three of the dearest people to me when it comes to uh, folks trying to, trying to live in a, in a rhythm of discipleship of following after Jesus. And we would all, we would all say, cause I, I know, I know it's hard and I know raising kids today is super hard. And I know I, as a, as a parent of a soon to be teenager and, and on down, I, I have anxiety about this. I have concerns about this. Here's, here's the deal. And, and as Shauna said, like we are dedicating our children back to God every single day. That is, that is a, a practice. Maybe that's a prayer that you need to have in your life. Lord, today and tomorrow and the next day, I give my child back to you. Um, the, the easier, easier said than done. I, we all recognize, but, but that commitment and that dedication is absolutely worth it. And so just so you know, we're in your corner on this friends. We are absolutely mm-hmm. in your corner on this. Um, if there is any way that we can come alongside of you, that we can encourage you in your parenting, if you've got you've got questions or just somebody that you just need to need to yell at for a while and say, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Take a number, join the club. Uh uh support group will meet will meet uh, when you when you need it to. But uh just we're so grateful to have uh, first of all, thank you guys for being here. Uh Dustin and Shauna. Absolutely. Uh, they were, it wasn't that they were nervous, but they recognized this was like a, this was a first for them to come here into the studio and you guys, you, you killed it. You did, you did fantastic. So see, you do it once and then, and now it's like, now you've opened the door cause, uh, Shauna's shaking. Right <laughs> so, you've opened no. the door to, to, re, to return. Um, in, in all honesty, and this is a little, just a little bit of a preview, uh, both myself, Dustin, and then, um, uh, Tyler, our middle school pastor, uh, there's more conversations that we want to have that are that are youth ministry specific conversations and helping raise uh, adolescents and boy oh boy what a as I like to remind everybody a group of people whose brains are not formed yet mm-hmm. so you yep. just you don't know what you're going to get uh, on any given day um, but we want to continue on these we're going to have some uh, continued on with age specific conversations and discipleship we just again want to be a resource want to be an encouragement uh, so we're just so grateful for all of you that have listened. I want to encourage all of you to to share, to like, to follow, do all of that with the podcast. That helps other people come into the content that we are putting out. And you can still find all our great uh, resources on our at-home page on our website. WalkieMC.org. So uh, be sure to check that out. Um, thanks, guys. It's been a blessing. Uh, appreciate each and every one of you. And until next time, we wish you grace and peace. At Home, the podcast is produced by Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting wakimc.org. That's W-A-K-Y-M-C.org. From there, you can click on the At Home tab for more information. Thanks for listening.